Chapter 23 Princess Ozma of Oz You are my prisoner, and it is useless for you to struggle any longer, said Glinda in her soft, sweet voice. In a sweet voice, you are my prisoner. I don't, I don't know. Fly still a moment and vest yourself, and then I will carry you back to my tent. Why do you seek me? asked Mumbai, still scarce able to speak plainly for lack of breath. What have I done to you to be so persecuted? Ah, yes, the victim. Mumbai. You have done nothing to me, answered the gentle sorceress, but I suspect you have been guilty of several wicked actions, and if I find it is true that you have abused your knowledge of magic, I intend to punish you severely. I defy you, croaked the old hag. You dare do not harm me. Just then the gump flew up to them and alighted upon the desert sands beside Glinda. Our friends were delighted to find that Mumbai had finally been captured, and after a hurried consultation, it was decided that they should all return to camp in the gump. So the sawhorse was tossed aboard, and then Glinda, still holding the golden thread that was around Mumbai's neck, forced her prisoner to climb onto the sofa. So the sawhorse was tossed aboard, and then Glinda, still holding the end of the golden thread that was around Mumbai's neck, forced her prisoner to climb onto the sofas. The others now followed, and Tip gave the word to the gump to return. The journey was made in safety. Mumbai sitting in her place, Mumbai sitting in her place with the grim and sullen air, for the old hag was absolutely helpless, so long as the magical thread encircled her throat. The army hailed Linda's return with, with, not with three cheers, just with cheers. The army hailed Linda's return with loud cheers, and the party of friends soon gathered again in the royal tent, which had been neatly repaired during their absence. Now, said the sorceress to Mumbai, I want you to tell me why the wonderful lizard of Oz paid you three visits, and what became of the child Ozma, which so curiously disappeared. The witch looked at Glinda defiantly, but said not a word. You better answer me, cried the sorceress. But still, Mumbai remained silent. Perhaps she, perhaps she doesn't know, remarked Jack. I beg you will keep quiet, said Tip. You might spoil everything with your foolishness. Very well, dear father, returned the Pumpkinhead meekly. How glad I am to be a wobble bug, murmured the highly magnified insect softly. No one can expect wisdom to flow from a pumpkin. Oh, but to point out, Mr. Wobblebug, you also added nothing of value to this conversation. Well, said the Scarecrow, what shall we do to make Mumbai speak? Unless she tells us what we wish to know, her capture will do us no good at all. Well, suppose we try a kindness, suggested the Tin Woodman. I've heard that anyone can be conquered with a kindness, no matter how ugly they may be. Good, good start at calling her ugly. At this, the witch turned to glare upon him so horribly that the Tin Woodman shrank back abashed. I guess it, I guess it was worth a, worth a shot. Glinda had been carefully considering what to do, unlike the rest of them, and now she turned to Mumbai and said, Well, you will gain nothing, I assure you, 
by thus defying us. For I am determined to learn the truth about the girl Uzma, and unless you tell me all that you know, I will certainly put you to death. Oh, no, don't do that, exclaimed the Tin Woodman. It would be an awful thing to kill anyone, even old Mumbai. But it is merely a threat, returned Glinda. I shall not put Mumbai to death, because she would prefer to tell me the truth. I see, said the Tin Man, much relieved. Suppose I tell you what you wish to know, said Mumbai, speaking so suddenly that she startled them all. What will you do with me then? Well, in that case, replied Glinda, I shall merely ask you to drink a powerful draught which will cause you to forget all the magic that you have learned. Then I would become a helpless old woman. But you would be alive, suggested the pumpkin head, consolingly. Oh, do try to keep silent, said Tip nervously. I'll try, responded Jag, but you will admit it's a good thing to be alive. Especially if one happens to be thoroughly educated. No, no, Wobblebug, people have value, whether they're educated or not, added the Wobblebug, nodding approval. You may make your choice, Glinda said to old Mumbai, between death if you remain silent, or the loss of your magical powers if you tell the truth, but I think you will prefer to live. Mumbai cast an uneasy glance at the sorceress and saw that she was in earnest and not to be trifled with, so she replied slowly, I will answer your questions. That is what I expected, said Glinda pleasantly. You have chosen wisely, I assure you. Then she motioned to one of her captives, her captives, her captains. Then she motioned to one of her captains, who brought her a beautiful golden casket. From this, the sorceress drew an immense white pearl attached to a slender chain, which she placed around her neck in such a way that the pearl rested on her bosom, directly over her heart. Now, she said, I will ask my first question. Why did the lizard pay you three visits? Because I would not come to him, answered Mumbai. That is no answer, said Glinda sternly. Tell me the truth. Well, returned Mumbai with downcast eyes, she visited me to learn the way I make tea biscuits. Look up, commanded the sorceress, and Mumbai obeyed. What is the color of my pearl? demanded Glinda. Why, it is black, replied the old witch in a tone of wonder. Then you have told me a falsehood, cried Glinda angrily. Only when the truth is spoken will my magic pearl remain a pure white in color. And now Mumbai saw that it was useless to try to deceive the sorceress. So she said, meanwhile, scowling at her defeat, Zed brought me to the girl Ozma, who was no more than a baby, and begged me to conceal the child. That is what I thought, declared Glinda uh, calmly. What did he give you for thus serving him? 
He taught me all the magical tricks that he knew. Which, which was nothing. It was smoke and mirrors. Some were good tricks, and some were only frauds. But I have remained faithful to my promise. What did you do with the girl? asked Linda. And at this question, everyone bent forward and listened eagerly for the reply. I enchanted her, answered Mumbai. In what way? I transformed her into... Into... Into what? demanded Glinda, as the witch hesitated. Into a boy, said Mumbai in a low tone. A, a boy? boy? echoed every voice, and then, because they all knew this old woman had reared Tip from childhood, all eyes were turned to where the boy stood. Yes, said the old witch, nodding her head. That is the Princess Ozma, the child brought to me by the lizard who stole her father's throne. That is the rightful ruler of the Emperor City. She pointed her long bony finger straight at the boy. I, cried Tip, in amazement. Why, I am no Princess Ozma. I'm not a girl. Glinda smiled, and going to Tip, she took his small brown hand with her dainty white one. You are not a girl just now, she said gently, because old Mumbai, well, she transferred you into a boy. But you were born a girl and also a princess, so you must Resume your proper form that you may become the queen of the Emerald City. Oh, what will we let Ginger be the queen? Tip exclaimed, ready to cry. I want to stay a boy and, and travel with the Scarecrow and the Tin Woodman and the Warblebug and, and Jackies and, and my friend the Sawhorse and the Gump. I don't want to be a girl. Well, never mind that, old chap said the Tin Woodman soothingly. It don't hurt to be a girl, I'm told, and we will remain faithful friends just the same. And to be honest with you, I've always considered girls nicer than boys. Ouch. I'm, I'm listening, too. They're just as nice, anyway, added the Scarecrow, patting Tip affectionately upon the head. And they are equally good students, proclaimed the Wallabug. I should like to become your tutor when you're transformed into a girl again. But see here, said Jack Pumpkinhead, with a gasp. Huh? If you become a girl, you can't be my dear father anymore. No, <laughs> answered Chip, laughing in spite of his anxiety. And, well, I should not be sorry to escape the relationship. But then he added hesitatingly as he turned to Glinda. Yeah, I might try it for a while. Just to see how it seems, you know. But if I don't like being a girl, you must promise me to change me into a boy again. Really? said the sorceress. Well, that is beyond my magic. I never deal in transformations, for they are not honest. So no respectable sorceress makes things appear to be what they are not. Only the unscrupulous witches use that art. Therefore, I must ask... Mumbai to effect your release from her charm and restore you to your proper form. It will be the last opportunity that she will have 
to practice the magic. Now that the truth told about Princess Ozma had been discovered, Mumboy did not. Mumboy. <clears throat> now that the truth about Princess Ozma had been discovered, Mumbai did not care what became of Tip, but she feared Glinda's anger. And the boy generously promised to provide for Mumbai in her old age if he became the ruler of the Emerald City. So the witch consented to effect the transformation, and the preparations for the event were made at once. Glinda ordered her own royal couch to be placed in the center of the tent. It was piled high with cushions covered with rose-colored silks. From a golden railing that hung many folds of pink gossamer completely concealing the interior of the couch. The first act of the witch was to make the boy drink a potion which sent him quickly into a deep and dreamless sleep. Then the tin woodman and the wobblebug bore him gently to the couch and placed him upon the soft cushions and drew the gossamer hangers to shut him from all earthly view. The witch squatted upon the ground and kindled a tiny fire of dried herbs which she drew from her bosom. When the blaze shot up and burned clearly, Old Mumbai scattered a handful of magical powder over the fire, which straight away gave off rich violet vapor, filling the tent with its fragrance and forcing the sellers to sneeze, although he had been warned to keep quiet. Then, while the others watched her curiously, the hag chanted a rhythmical verse in words which no one understood and bent her lean body seven times back and forth over the fire. And now the incantation seemed complete, for the witch stood upright and cried one word, Yuva! In a loud voice, the vapor flooded away, the atmosphere became clear again, whiff of fresh air filled the tent, and the pink curtains of the couch trembled slightly as it stirred from within. Glinda walked to the canopy and parted the silken hangings, then she bent over the cushions, reached out her hand, and from the couch arose the form of a young girl, fresh and beautiful as May morning. Her eyes sparkled as two diamonds, and her lips were tinted like tourmaline, which is like a gingham. All adorn her back-floated tresses of ruddy gold, with a slender jeweled circlet confining them at the brow. Her robes of silken gauze floated around her like a child, and the dainty satin slippers shot her feet. At this exquisite vision, Tip's old comrades stared in wonder for the space of a full minute. And then, every head bent low in honest admiration of the lovely Princess Ozma. The girl herself cast one look into Glinda's bright face, which glowed with pleasure and satisfaction, and then turned upon the others. Speaking the words with sweet indifference, she said, I hope none of you will care less for me than you did before. I'm just the same tip, you know, only, only... Only you... Only you are different, said the pumpkin head. And everyone thought it was the wisest speech he had ever made. <laughs>